Welcome back to the Silent War. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It looks like the commies are taking over, and it looks like they are trying to starve us to death. Uh, I've been talking about the potential for that for a long time. I, you know, looking at history and what has happened in the past for precedent and what could happen in the future. It's a tried and true tactic when communist regimes take over and they want to starve out their political opposition. Look into Chairman Mao in China and look into uh, the Holodomor in Russia, for example. The last time the communists owned Ukraine, what they did to them. They starved out even the farmers, and that means they went in and they burnt their crops, um, they salted their fields or whatever, and they made it so they could not grow food. They killed their animals, um, and then they just locked down the borders while they starved to death inside, unable to provide for themselves, and they just kept taking out the food. It got so bad that mothers would eat their own young in some cases, and I, I don't want America to go through that horror, and I think that they're trying their best to get us into that point right now. And, of course, the whole supply chain is a house of cards waiting to be pushed and it won't take much to make it all fall down. And that's exactly what is happening. They are burning down our food supply system, our food distribution system. They are burning down the people that bring you food, where they store their food, and how they're going to get it to you is completely up in the air now. And it's all happening in the dark of night under mysterious circumstances and basically as I've been predicting for years. So, not to be, and I told you so, many of you have been correctly going with me and preparing and getting ready for this. I want people to be a little extra paranoid. I want people to have a cache or multiple caches of things that you've got buried or hidden that you can grab and eat, uh, grab and survive if they come and destroy your food. Have some fertile eggs somewhere that you've got stored that you can then hatch and, and reproduce your chickens if they come through and you know, give your chicken some subjective, always positive or false positive um, uh, PCR test and give you some sort of case-demic scare alert and kill all of your animals saying you have some sort of, you know, chicken cold. That's what they're doing right now to chickens and rabbits and other livestock. They're destroying food. Um, th th that can only go for so long until we all starve. So I hope you have two or three years of food supply because food's going to be money soon and you're not going to want to eat all of it. You're going to want to trade or help other people with some of it. The last thing I want for any of us is to be the one that has the food and watching all of the people that we love starve. So we want to be able to help other people as well prepare for that. Um, and, you know, a couple of options. I know people feel a little hopeless when it comes to feeding yourself from the traditional paradigm of going to the grocery store and buying everything or going to restaurants and buying everything. Many of us, you know, for a long time, I was a single guy and, and frozen pizzas was not outside of the realm of possibility for me. So, um, you know, having a wife around to help make meals from scratch is, is a godsend and not everybody has a partner. So there's a couple of things I want to make really easy for people so that they're not afraid to look into a couple of things. Now, one of them for people who are in an apartment setting or small setting and they don't have any room outside at all. Maybe all they have is a window to grow two or three plants in. Well, grow high high time involvement or high uh, difficulty plants, the ones that take more time and nurture. Learn about those and you can make more money for your uh, time, so to speak. 
more because uh, you'll have more to trade. You'll have more value to trade. You, you'd get further growing blueberries than you would growing corn. You know, for example, you'd get further growing some expensive chili peppers that people would would really like to to buy from you than you would um, growing just something like grass and wheatgrass or something in the window. But you can do anything. You can do wheatgrass. You can have something simple and easy that you can throw into smoothies, that you can throw into to food or salads. Um, so don't discount the window garden. And then also, if you're looking for a meat source internally uh, inside of a house, something that you can be discreet and quiet, rabbits and or quail. Um, you know, definitely very high productivity sources. Uh, both can be done indoors. Both can be done quietly. Chickens can be done quietly, but yeah, that's a mess for inside. Quail are a lot easier. Uh, it's a little bit more, you know, labor intensive, I think, because it's more cleaning and they're smaller and there's more, there's more work involved because you're processing more of them. But quail are very, tr you know, tradable, um, kind of like silver coins. I mean, that's an easy barter right there. You can carry that thing in your pocket even. So uh, definitely a great uh, barter system. They're very, very productive like rabbits, and that's something that you can trade later when other people are desperate for their own meat supply. So you know, don't discount your ability to feed yourself within an apartment. You can do something, and that something can either feed you or trade for other things that you can eat, especially if you're focusing on you know something that's hard to grow that you can only do so many of i can only think of blueberry because i'm not much of a green thumb but i know that blueberries are harder to grow than potatoes for example now speaking of potatoes that is a very productive crop that is easy to grow that um, doesn't take a lot of effort or skill and has been used for centuries by many people <clears throat> like the irish for example uh, to survive even the harshest of famines now Potatoes uh, are also underground, so if they do come through and just burn everything, you'll still have food underground that you can harvest and eat. You know, one last gift from a burnt garden that you know could not stop the flamethrower that came to stop you from eating. There are certain types of plants that are virtually invasive. Even if they were to burn them out, they will continue to grow back, and everybody, the first thing they think of is bamboo. But there are other types as well. Um, when I first moved here, I found out about a cactus that was growing here naturally. And they told me, unless you dig it up by the roots, it's going to grow back, even if you burn it or cut it. And I found that to be very interesting, especially in the times that we live in. And I said, great, I want more. <laughs> and they looked at me kind of funny. But, um, you know, who knows? I mean, it's a supposedly delicious cactus and edible. I've never tried it. I don't necessarily want to try it. But I'm really happy that there is something that it's hard to destroy that I can eat out in the backyard, that it would be a little bit labor-intensive for them to waste all of that time to go and destroy all of those different crops that you could be growing that it's almost impossible to get rid of. I mean, let the government try to stop all of those little mini bamboo gardens, right? Yeah, good luck. Um, and I'm not saying break any invasive species laws or anything like that. Maybe you have a raised garden bed that you can contain it in and you can start growing bamboo or something like potatoes or just something that's super productive and hard to destroy um you know and, and obviously watch it 
predators of the normal type, they're, they're going to get into your garden and eat stuff. That's still a problem too. But right now I'm assuming that you're going to research how to keep pests out of your garden, how to grow stuff. I'm thinking more in terms of tactics. I'm thinking more in terms of strategy to survive a commie takeover versus how to keep a good garden. And to that extent, you know, we've given some suggestions, some thoughts on people in apartments, people who have a little bit of space. Um, at the end of the day, though, you know, how much space do you have? What can you do with it? How productive can you be? It's all about time. And some things are easier than others to grow. However, if you do end up with a lot of space and not a lot of time, that's where livestock come in. This is where the animal does most of the work for you and you stay in the office and take care of your normal day job doing the news and letting people know that they are about to starve. Just one example. So, um, you know, I have sheep and goats and cattle and I have a lot of grass that just won't stop growing unless I do something about it. So I put those two things together and I suddenly have an asset producing milk and meat and you know I could I could turn that into cheese or soap I bought my wife a really nice uh, yeah, goat milk soap but I could make my own because now I have a sheep that is milking I mean that's great I have milk at home that's organic that I love that that's incredible I would drink that every day um, actually I prefer cow milk but I'll try the sheep you know especially if I'm starving so having something that's serving a function that's also working and mowing or cleaning the forest. I've got goats cleaning out the forest um, where I'm going to be building a house. Uh, the cattle are just mowing too. Same thing as the sheep. Cows, sheep, pretty much the same thing, just different types of poop. Uh, so, you know, I've got something out there working on different types of jobs, even though I'm not really paying attention because I've got fencing and everything. So that's where you've got a lot of space and not a lot of time. You're not planning on doing big gardens or anything, but you want to be productive. And, you know, most people who have a lot of space like that already have something going on. But if you got some room, I'm not saying to go into the farming business. I'm saying start something that it'll be hard to stamp out because you may be necessary for the food supply. You may be something that saves people's lives. You're little project to feed yourself could scale or grow into something that saves people's lives. And that's a big deal. And every single skill that you can acquire between now and when they shut us down in order to feed yourself and teach others is going to be a godsend in the days to come. Maybe you learn about wheatgrass and you can do it everywhere in everybody's kitchen window and just teach them how to do this in a jar and it's super productive and all the benefits, right? Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you can teach people how easy it is to actually have some backyard chickens if they do it right. Get a, get a little chicken tractor. Get a little coop, you know. Even if you can't let them out because of predators, you can bring them a couple of handfuls of grass. You can bring them your kitchen scraps. Um, it's very easy to take care of chickens, trust me. I've had about 300 of them. Not a joke. About 150 at a time. I've got about 150 now, actually, because I'm very seriously getting ready for what's coming. Um, I, most of them are baby chickens, but I want to eat. I want my family to eat. I want to have extra to help other people. I want to trade. I want to have eggs to trade. I want to have eggs for my dog's food. 
and I want to have a uh, rabbit for my dog's food because I don't expect, and my cats, because I don't expect animal food to be on the store shelves or to be affordable if it is. And I got a lot of grass, like I said earlier, just growing everywhere. It won't stop growing and the sun is just giving it to me. So I may as well turn it into something that I can eat or that my dogs can eat or that will save me money, right? Same thinking for everybody else. Do a little project here or there that helps you or helps your family or something that you can brag about. Maybe you want to get into showing off your, you know, your prized breeding stock and you have this like amazing line of genetics animals and you're just selling off the, the, the young for all of the people who want to start the best stock in the world and, and, you know, replenish the herds for lost humanity that were wiped out by the, you know, governments destroying all the food. Uh, and after they're done with the big corporations, you know they're coming after our personal herds in the backyards, right? Your backyard chickens are going to be a target. That's why you need to have backup chickens so that you can have uh, more and you can replenish them. You need to have an incubator um, so that you can turn it on and incubate eggs and hatch them if necessary. You need to have some of the stuff that you need in order to butcher and process animals if you're going to be doing your own meat. I mean, I know not everybody wants to talk about that, but, um, you know, knives and, and tables and sink and, um, you know, everything that you need to be ready. Maybe some books, maybe watch some YouTube videos so that you know how. Uh, it's not hard. Maybe everybody should learn the basics of their favorite food, how to grow their favorite food if it's an easy one, or maybe just pick one of your favorites that's an easy one and grow a lot of that. Worst case is you're going to have a lot of that one thing that you like to eat that you can't get rid of, that you can't trade. And that's not going to happen in a world where everyone's hungry all the time and food is really expensive. You know, so this is the world of abundance versus the world of scarcity. And I'm, I'm trying to prepare your mindset for what's coming and get you thinking tactically. Um, you know, I know a lot about animals in terms of, of, you know, what they can do, what they can provide for us, how they can work the land and symbiotic nature with mankind. And it's a beautiful relationship because, you know, my animals are out there working, but they're also like really enjoying themselves. That's, that's what they do. It's what they want to do. So it, it, for them, it's not work. It's, it's, it's playing all day. And they're just, you know, reproducing and, and eating back the forest and cleaning up stuff and fertilizing the land and and uh you know disposing of of organic wastes you know getting rid of these old trees and things like that we're cutting them down they're eating up all the leaves i mean it, it's great to have the animals there because they're working alongside you and that helps you to pioneer the land so there's there's options like that where if you've got a little bit of space use the animals to work the space don't try to work against the space and you maybe you'll get somewhere with that and it maybe it's an easier way for you to to handle all of that extra work um one example that's really famous is to work the land before you plant with chickens in a little chicken tractor and then they've scratched everything up they fertilized everything they've killed all the weeds you come back over there later and you um after it's dried out i guess you you plant your crops and now you have a pre-prepared garden you didn't even have to plow because it was already sort of scratched up and loosened. Um, you didn't have to plow, you didn't have to de-weed, uh, you didn't have to feed the chickens that day. It's a win-win-win across all the boards. 
and that's where you can find a lot of synergies working with animals even if you're not an animal eater you know um, my cats and my dogs they don't have a choice but even if you're a vegan you can have animals that you've rescued that help you work the land that you're using to feed yourself while you're respecting them and keeping them alive and, and saving them you know and they're going to love having access to all of that that wildlife you just have to fence them right so i'm trying to get people you know thinking that it's possible for me to do this you can do this if i can do it anyone can do it you know there's always risks one of them is that your neighbors will not like a rooster don't get a rooster just get a chicken they still make a crowing noise when they lay eggs like every time but it's not as annoying it's not as bad like my dog barking over there you can hear him he's a little bit annoying but um roosters they crow just for for anything chickens typically only crow after they've laid an egg and they're like showing off they're kind of proud of it you know they'll sit there and go off for five minutes and we'll shut up but um you know you got an egg and you can go pick it up and you've got food uh, I eat the organic eggs raw after I've cleaned them. I mean, it's incredibly healthy. It's one of the healthiest, most uh, nutrient-packed foods in the world. So um, speaking of those things, those are what you can do to supplement your food. That's what you can grow. Even if you're in an apartment, you can do stuff. Um, maybe you're selling uh, seedlings or, or sprouts or mushrooms or something that you can grow in an apartment, like in high yield something that doesn't take a lot of space. I've seen people make thousands, tens of thousands of dollars a month with mushroom setups in, in apartment settings. They had like restaurants and stuff nearby, you know, on, on on a regular basis they had clients, but that's doable for anyone, especially when you're starving. I mean, you can have a, a business in a, a bedroom uh, growing food. They even have machines now called uh, FarmBot Genesis, which I would love to buy and set up and afford. I wish I could afford it. And it grows your own greens for you for a family of four on autopilot. You give it water, you give it soil, you get the soil ready, you give it the seeds, and it will weed, water, and plant, and care for the plants for you on autopilot. It's incredible. I want five of those things. I want to set up a grocery store with it. Um, <laughs> if they could even you know still be allowed to have a bank account um because i've obviously i'm censored and everything now anyway so it's definitely possible to grow stuff don't be disheartened there's other options too i mean you know if they're trying to destroy your crops why work so hard to have it all taken away and starve anyway that's where your backup plan comes in that's where the money in the bank comes in by having storable food somewhere that they can't find somewhere you've gotten it buried Hopefully you've gotten a hundred ghost guns buried in your backyard somewhere they'll never find it or somewhere in a cave that they don't know where to go to to find it. Something like that. Um, you know, cash tubes somewhere you, you've got PVC buried in a pipe, which is in a bigger pipe buried underground. You can lift up the lid and get it out quickly. Uh, maybe you've got your, your ammunition, your, uh, your bug out bag back up in a tube, or maybe your bug out bag is buried there. You know, whatever you got to do, nothing shady, nothing illegal. This is good, sound, strategic thinking for someone who's preparing for uh, a military invasion. Um, Russia is apparently warning their citizens to prepare for a potential nuclear counterstrike. They're getting ready for this. You should be too. Um, you know, we have foreign enemies like Iran and China that could invade at any point. Um, you know, we've got Antifa. Who knows? They could burn your house down. This is all happening. So, of course, you want to prepare soundly follow the law but 
so far it's still legal to have ghost guns and store food that no one knows about so take advantage of that while you still can because it may not be legal soon definitely get your ghost guns get your food store it in a place they can't find got sleep issues let me guess all natural sleep aids don't work for you well they only have one or two ingredients to help you sleep what good is that try the brand new sleepy joe sleep aid with 18 powerful sleep-inducing ingredients, Sleepy Joe is guaranteed to put you out like Sleepy Joe in his mama's basement. The label says take two, I take one. 30 minutes before I plan to sleep, and dag nabbit, I'm out like a light for about 8 hours. Grab yourself a bottle at redpillliving.com forward slash sleep. It sells out fast, so take action now. That's redpillliving.com forward slash sleep. Lights out. NemosNewsNetwork.com Breaking the cycle of fake news. The world government, New World Order, wants us to focus on their fake Russia boogeyman invading Ukraine, which really is just them entrapping Russia into a war um, and then trying to play the victim, cry bullying, just like they always do. We've seen it at virtually every level. Yet what people are really focused on is the culture war against their children. That tells you a lot right there that they're pushing pandemic, World War III, bioweapon outbreak, and people are just like, leave our kids alone, you creepy perverts. They just want them to stop grooming their children. And yet, who do you think gets control of the children when everyone's dead from war or from pandemic, you know, biological experimentation with vaccines or perhaps just the protocols killing people in the hospitals you know how many parents are going to be left and what happens to the orphans and who gets these kids when everyone's so poor they can't even afford to take care of their own children i mean it's always the government right and who runs the government and tells them what to teach the children right back full circle to the problem which is them getting to our children and teaching them evil like critical race theory, like transgenderism, like LGBTQ porn in kindergartners' books, goes back to the government. So in a way, our remaining independent is the one thing keeping at least some children safe from that world. So the only way to protect kids is to remain independent and financially free. Don't forget that when you're out there working the 9 to 5 and you think it's a waste of your time or it's not worth it, our freedom is what spits in the eye of their system. It's what makes it possible for people to lift up their head from the daily grind and dream of a better life, to dream of, if not, you know, financial freedom. I'm not talking about FU money. I'm talking about the type that allows you to remain independent of what the government tries to force on you, where you have enough to say, no, I quit, or no, I'm not going to do that. I have rights. I'm going to talk to a lawyer. That's what I mean. We need to remain at that level or we go silently into that good night and they get our kids. That's the end game here. It's a form of economic warfare, but the end goal is the same. We die or become bankrupt and destroyed and they get our kids and they build the future they want on their backs. So Governor DeSantis has signed a bill banning critical race theory from schools and from workplaces in Florida. Of course, the left has already sued him, and we'll see how that goes. 
I'm not holding my breath for any sort of justice in the courts, but at least DeSantis is fighting back and pointing out the obvious. This stuff is evil, malicious, and has no place around our children. Once again, one of my favorite quotes, Of course I don't want war, but if it must come, let it come in my time, so that my children may know peace. And that's what I hope we have to pass on to them is peace from a victory well won. And Florida's Governor DeSantis has given us one victory so far toward that long road to peace, and it is a victory against Disney. Groomer Inc., basically. That's Disney. And now they've lost their tax privilege status and their self-governing status. They were basically tax-exempt and a law beholden unto themselves in Florida, and they've lost it. Their stock is already down 14% in one month, and things are getting worse for them. It's always a beauty when the far-left corporations buy their own BS and actually think that they are the majority. If they actually believe what the fake news is telling them and they walk right off the cliff and they realize that 70% of their audience or more, or their customers in this case, both I guess, were actually not big fans of grooming children, they lose big and it's a beauty to see. It's a wonderful thing to see. That's the free market reacting correcting for perversion. I know the free market gets a bad rap, but it's basically shopping with your conscience. Under communism, you go to the breadline to shop, and under fascism, the government tells you where to shop. And under both of those systems, the elite are eating steaks cooked by celebrities while you stand in the breadline. Don't be that guy. Be a capitalist. In fact, according to some polls, 68% of Americans are less likely to do business with Disney following its pro-groomer crusade against Florida's parental rights bill. Their stock has cratered by nearly $50 billion and counting. Everything is at stake. Our children, our very souls, in this great sin war, and the left is waging it openly against us. There are even secret gender transition closets where young children can trans out without their parents' knowledge, popping up at schools around the country. We have got to save these children, folks, no matter the cost to ourselves, and we cannot allow this culture to do this to them by bankrupting and starving us into submission. The World Economic Forum and its world government cronies are trying to turn up the heat on us, we the people to force us to submit to their regime. They want us to eat the damn bugs and be happy and own nothing. And that's not the world I have in mind for my children. Don't forget why you fight this fight, why you stand for what you stand for, and what you stand for. I hope you found this to be of value. If you did, please consider liking, sharing, and maybe even subscribing at nemosnewsnetwork.com news. And we'll see you on the next one. Nemos out.